0: This Canadian mortgage charter really is a bunch of garbage from our current government. I I can't say much about this that is beneficial as if there's something new. It's all smoke and mirrors to this point because all of these things already exist. Mm The Canadian mortgage charter also provides relief for insured borrowers from a mortgage stress test if they switch banks to renew. A move that's intended to increase competition among lenders and ease the pain of renewals over the next couple of years amid higher interest rates. The Canadian mortgage charter, as if we didn't already have these rules. What is this really saying? What they're talking about is if you renew, you won't have to go through the mortgage stress test. Well, that's already the case. That's already the case. So they're not bringing anything new in here. And it's supposed to, this Canadian mortgage charter is supposed to increase competition amongst lenders. That's already the case. You can already shop your mortgage to through a mortgage agent. To a mortgage Through a mortgage broker, you can go to more than one lender and let them fight over which is the best rates, what are the best terms for you. This we are already doing. And does it, uh, does it ease your pain? Well, if the payment's too high, I don't know whose pain it's, it's easing. But they're, they're saying that these are new things they're bringing in to make things easier for people. Amid the higher interest rates, and the reality is, is these things are already in place. Even the extension of amortizations is already happening. It's a it's a temporary measure which they've extended. They're extending the the period where by which the banks are able to extend your amortization. What does that really do? It really keeps you locked into that mortgage for a longer period of time. You're gonna pay, be paying interest-only payments for a longer period of time. Not interest-only, but a very small percentage of interest for a longer period of time. And so instead of your mortgage being 20, 25 years, they're gonna bump it out and move it out to 30, 35, 40 years. What does that do? It allows you to make a smaller payment, but it means that you're gonna be paying more and more interest on that property for a longer period of time. So while some observers praise the government for recognizing that Canadians are struggling with the sharpest interest rate increases in 40 years, others such as economist David Rosenberg, who predicted the US housing meltdown in 2008 when he was at Merrill Lynch warned, unintended consequences could prolong the pain rosenberg acknowledges the issues facing consumers amid high inflation and interest rates but criticized the mortgage charter as a means to deal with overextended borrowers saying that while the relief measures would undoubtedly support borrowers the charter runs the risk of creating perverse incentives and unintended consequences in a sector deeply in need of correction. The perverse incentives here is that if you extend, say, your amortization, you're going to be able to lower your payment. Maybe you'll have a smaller payment or it'll stay the same, which is better than it going up. But the consequence of that is that you will be tied to that mortgage and paying a mortgage for a much greater period of your life. And a a good way to look at this is we've we've seen this before. I mean, in fact, it's where the word mortgage comes from. The word mortgage literally means mort for death and gauge being a pledge, a pledge till you die. And so what we're, what we're actually watching right now is amortizations being stretched out such that people are going to be paying their mortgage until the day they die. And what, what happened back in the old days? Well, they were called landlords and the landlords would charge taxes, which then they paid to the king and people could never get out from under them. They would work their entire life just to be able to pay the landlords to be allowed to stay there and that's what we're watching happening all over again and ultimately it ties you to that property it ties you from freedom of movement it ties you from being able to move to different jobs that you might want to otherwise do maybe move to other countries it takes away all of these options because now not only are you tied to this mortgage, but because here in Canada, we have personal guarantees, we provide personal guarantees. Whereas in the States, you could drop your keys and walk away, which is why in 2008, their market had to take the medicine. They had to take the correction because people walked away from their houses. Whereas here, you and I are still on the hook for those loans if there's a shortfall which means it's better for canadians to end up staying in those places not going anywhere not going on vacations not doing all these things and just making sure that they pay their bills because they're going to be on the hook anyways david rosenberg david rosenberg also goes on to say that we would be kicking a reckoning down the road which will also potentially force the bank of canada to keep its policy stance tighter than desired. What's he referring to here? He's talking about the Bank of Canada having to keep rates higher for longer. And what's the point of keeping rates higher? It's so that we, the citizens of the country, get used to those costs. That becomes a part of our everyday budget. We don't spend money in other places. We make sure that we do this. And the Bank of Canada is effectively changing our habits by holding on to these higher rates. And if we don't make those changes, then they have to keep them there. Now, would they like to loosen them? Absolutely. Because when it's easier to borrow money, people tend to borrow and invest more into into their RRSPs, into their homes, into businesses, you get more money flowing. But when people are just burning money, meaning they're borrowing it and then they go taking vacations, they're they're traveling abroad, they're spending money in all these different places, what happens is that money is going out the door. It's leaving the country. And when that happens, What are you left with at the end? Nothing to show for it other than the debt. And so the government has to find a way, in this case, the Bank of Canada has to find the way to slow us down. Unfortunately, the Bank of Canada can't stop the government of Canada from borrowing more money from you and spitting it back out into the economy. And we're watching as at the same time that our government is saying that we need to spend less in certain areas, they're finding ways to spend more and more money. I believe they just allocated another $20 billion to the deficit to spend on new programs. Why? Because at the end of the day, they are trying to buy your vote. They are not trying to really help Canadians. All right, so what we're looking at is a chart that's pointing out the number of arrears by provinces and this should be concerning but not surprising what we're seeing is a whole bunch of people that can't afford to deal with the rate adjustments they all got into variable rates those mortgages have increased again we saw all of this in the states in 2008 but here we are in canada didn't take the medicine back in 08 and now we're watching as this is playing out here in canada the banks are actively increasing their reserves meaning how much money they keep aside in case of default the average bank of our the canadian big five banks has upwards of 20% of their mortgages set for default in the new year. So they've put billions of dollars aside in preparation for this happening. And so the question is, are you in that position? And if you are, are you waiting for the just the right moment to sell your house so that then you can get the money back along with all the other thousands of people that we see here that are also going to be putting their house up for sale. Or are you waiting till it gets really bad before you try to create another source of income, maybe take some overtime. I, you know, finding other ways to be able to make those payments, maybe cutting back on the extra car. Nowadays, Nobody wants to imagine the prospect of having to take a bus. Well, if you can't afford to make your mortgage payment, if you can't afford to pay for where you live, it's time to start considering other means of transportation, of trips, all of these discretionary spending. And make sure that you're not finding yourself out on the street. Otherwise, you'll be reflected in this statistic. Well, the, the other thing I, I want to say about this chart is that this is the reason that we are talking about the Canadian mortgage charter. The reason that uh, economists like David Rosenberg are predicting that we are going to have to lower interest rates to avoid all of these massive defaults. Because remember, it's not just the defaults of the people that can't afford to pay. It's the people that are then trying to sell their home. And they can't get a price that they're looking for because of all of these other houses that are also flooded on the market. And so if someone's now got the choice of buying one of four houses and it it becomes a buyer's market, now all of a sudden they can negotiate people down. I actually just saw a deal where someone bought a property last year for $1.1 million and they're, they just sold it for 800,000 they rented this property for one year for $300,000 it's gone and that is what the market is is shaping up for in the spring is a whole bunch of people that are going to flood the market I hope I'm wrong guys tag me on this make sure you tag over there and I hope I'm wrong and I'll happily apologize to everyone in the spring if this is not what we see happen please i'm i'm happy to be wrong on this one but this is what the data is telling us and that's why the banks are getting ready for all those defaults it is a modern day housing horror story a couple realizing the dream of home ownership only to watch it slip away, along with a lot of money. The couple says they have lost nearly $150,000 and say it could have been much worse. They were initially told maintenance fees would be $309 and occupancy fees would be $3,250. But two days before closing, the couple was informed both fees had nearly doubled. The couple isn't accusing Fusion of doing anything illegal, but they say they expected better. It just showed that they really don't care and that they honestly are just money hungry. A costly learning experience. If your lawyer is not on the phone with you a day or two later, once you've submitted the paperwork to them, you should be calling them or firing that lawyer and getting a brand new one. Their advice, buyer beware and find yourself a good lawyer. What I would say is an, an old saying, The devil's in the details and oftentimes people do not read their contracts and and they trust that other people are going to warn them about these items you have to know that these items exist in contracts for a reason they're there to protect the the individuals in this case the developer but these types of uh You know, wording like this is in all sorts of contracts. It's in the home purchase. It's in your mortgage documents. And they all have clauses that are there to protect the other party. We would like to say that everyone's acting in good faith, but for the developer who's probably bleeding on the other side because they're having to carry the financing on these properties and they're having to try to uh, keep it together while they haven't sold the house yet, they haven't passed it off to you yet they're they're trying to uh you know it, this is business they're trying to keep themselves afloat and keep themselves going in this uh current interest rate market and what it's doing to real estate so unfortunately, you're gonna see more of this coming down the pipeline as more and more people that thought it was such a great idea to put money into uh, a pre-con because everybody was selling this idea that it's the greatest thing. You don't have to put all the money out and by the time you go to close on it, it'll be worth more. And I've done previous videos on this and we're seeing it play out now that these properties are not worth more than when they agreed on, on the purchase price. And people are finding out that reality that there can be dips in the market. And that's what these guys are finding out. And now they're walking away from $140,000. Anytime you're buying real estate, you have to know that the value of that property could go down. On average, does real estate values always go up? Sure, on average. It's, you know I love that statement, does it always go up? Well, sure, absolutely, it continues to raise in value. But if it goes down in value at a point in time when it matters to you, you're the one that's going to get hurt. And so whether it's a pre-con, whether it's a house, whether it's a multifamily apartment building, you need to be sure that you're going to be able to last out those lean years. And in this case, people didn't foresee this coming. And as a result, they're having to pay that price. So my advice is when you're buying, you're, you're going to buy with the understanding that can I do this even if property values go down? Do I have extra money set aside if something goes wrong so that I'm not out of pocket all of that money that I've already put down in the down payment? You need to be ready for this. These are you know the old schoolers the old timers they've already been through these things and and they they're quite aware of it and we're just people are learning this lesson now